0: Hey everybody, we are Robert, Martin, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hey, welcome back, this is Snakes and Otters, I'm Robert. I'm Martin. And I'm Francis. And this is going to be episode 23, we're going to talk about the Roman Republic. Normally if you think of Rome, we think of the Empire, right? Because that's the, that's the, the big, as they say, as empires go, it's the big one. That's right. But, really, you can't talk about the Empire without understanding where it came from. If you're going to really, you know, get into it deep like we do, right? right? And
1: that's what we're going to do because, just to interrupt you, sir, but this is the first in what we plan to be a series of four episodes total on Rome. That's right. right. So, the Roman Republic. <clears throat> As I said, most people are going
0: to know the, the Empire. That's maybe a more familiar thing. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about the Republic. So, According to myth, Rome was founded in the 750s, 753, 756 BC uh, by Romulus and Remus. Probably, uh, according to the legend, they were raised by a (laughs) she-wolf and and Romulus killed his brother Remus to become the first king of Rome, uh, of the city, which was named after him, which is uh, Rome. Uh, We're pretty sure that's a load of crap, but that's okay. Every place has to have its myths, right? Every place yeah. has to have its myths. Oh yeah,
2: and they built him up to be almost godlike. In fact, he right. was said to be the the son of Mars, I believe. Yes, yeah, uh, and because Both of them he, were, yes. yeah, exactly. And which kind of goes to the fact that they did apparently do something spectacular. So you kind of backdate that to figure out. Well, if they were so good and such a great. Person that was able to do all the things they did—they must have been godlike. So it's
0: kind of like sure. which came first, chicken or the egg? Like most myths, there's usually some kernel of truth in it, and that's fine. So presumably, if you go by what historians go by today, there are seven kings, maybe nine, but seven is the how you count number. Them, yeah. And after the seventh one, who may or may not have been a total uh, douchebag—yeah, that's one of our um, favorite words—it is lately. Yes. Yeah, after the Wilhelm episode. Uh, So, he may or may not have been a total douchebag, but they threw him out. They decided, rather than to rely on a monarchy, a hereditary king or or an appointed king, they would have consuls, uh, answerable to the Senate, appointed by the Senate, because the kings actually had a Senate. Well, not appointed. Elected. Elected Elected.
1: by the people. I thought it was by the Senate. Nope. You had to to run uh, in for... And I'm jumping ahead on you a little bit, but... It was called the Sorry, cursus uh, elected no.
0: by the people, but drawn from the Senate. drawn from the, yes, only senators
2: were eligible, yes. and senators were hereditary. Basically, The only a few families uh, were and it able called to the do patr- this. Patrician class, patrician class. that's yes. correct. So it's an
0: oligarchy, is yes, what we're talking about here. Very much so. Yes. Even though it is a republic, correct, it is still an oligarchy. But you know, really, you can make the argument that almost all republics have some form of oligarchy built yes. into them.
1: But, but that's another it, thing it was a fairly <clears throat> diffuse oligarchy. it's it's not 10 people it's right yeah it's I many the families, families and yeah. as you and as
2: time goes on and generations expand the families get larger so you've got yes. a lot you know the the Junius family has you know July are huge there's yes. tons of them and there are different ranks amongst them so over time it gets bigger and bigger which yes. is right. not a bad thing actually yeah
0: so the republic starts out as a response to a douchey king. Yeah, who, uh, who
2: rapes a girl, actually. Uh, well, one of the daughters. Theoretically. That's, that's, so it's so
0: it's been said. That was the yeah. uh, tipping point. Yeah. That, which may or not, may not have been true. But whatever it is, he did something really bad. Yeah. Pissed off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So they went to this oligarchy-type republic where the Senate provides the leaders. So one of the first things that they did was to actually codify... Certain laws and limits, which is absolutely amazing when you consider this is some 2,500 years ago. You know, yeah. this is during a time when you know even Greece is, in a way, not nearly as sophisticated in yeah. how they're approaching. This is this five ten sort
2: of B.C. Right, 2,500 years ago, and they came up with this idea
0: that, in many respects, is very similar to the way we live today. Yes, so. The whole point about doing this was to guarantee certain rights uh, and obligations of those that uh, were in the society. And, you know, we talk about Rome, and we talk about this a little bit during the prep. Rome is a people, not necessarily a nation state as we understand it now. Right. That that evolved. Right. So protections here, when it talks about the people, uh, you know, we talk about it. It's really more the patricians, (laughs) although the the plebeian caste, the plebes. Would not have been totally
1: unprotected. They were not serfs. They had representation. They had representation. Called a tribune of the plebs. Right. So they had protections and they had the vote. Right. Uh, More than just patricians could vote. Everybody came to what was called the Campus Martius in Rome and cast their vote. Right. So very much
0: the Roman Republic begins and has a lot of hallmarks of a society that, at least in the very broad externals and
1: structures, we would recognize today very much so. as a modern republic. The terms that we use come from are, are taken from a Senate is a Roman word, right um,
0: And even it's our structure of the Senate today is very much the way theirs was. It's meant to be an elite body. Yeah, it is a form of aristocracy. Only what
2: constitutes aristocracy for them was hereditary. Now it's more of a political class, but I'm getting ahead of
0: ourselves. Yes. So, well, originally, you know, the the states, uh, they were beholden to the states. So in a way, uh, it was a uh, uh, sort of an aristocracy. It was an aristocracy of our local states, but, you know, not so much anymore.
2: Yeah, because we have direct uh, election of senators. That was not always the case. Right. Most people don't realize
0: So the first Roman law code was actually inscribed on 12 bronze tablets that they put on display. This is something they were very proud of. Yes. And it was meant to be seen so that everybody knew what the law was. There was no whim of the ruler like there was with an absolute rule monarch. Again, this is mind-boggling.
1: Yeah, and that's the very big key of, of what starts the Roman Republic on a trajectory of dominance throughout history is here's a here's a place where you do not live and die by the whims of one person
0: right or a
1: small group of people
0: right so you know these were uh laws that were about legal procedures civil rights and property rights and these 12 tablets they provided the basis for all the roman law that came after it right yeah so again not unlike what we see with the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and some of the founding documents in our own country. So, granted, there's a lot of differences between our country <laughs> in the beginning and theirs. There's there's no doubt. I'm not saying that, that we're identical. Uh, but there are a lot of similarities in what was going on as far as the philosophical side of things, right? Yeah. You know, It wasn't just uh, a revolution that, that is actually one of the few successful revolutions. That's right. I mean, we've talked about that mm-hmm. before. Well, that's Most right. Most revolutions eat, their yaw, eat themselves,
2: yeah, not, the, not, the, not the, This their Rome, The Roman Republic was another example of a successful one because they ruled for 500 years. Right. And it was only over time that, and we'll get into this, as to what happened and what changed. But ultimately, you're right. I mean, I would consider the Roman Republic a success. I mean, I think 500 years is good enough. Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it lasted longer than the than the Empire, when you think about it.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: But, yeah. Well, in the West, anyway. In the West. That's the right. West. Yes.
1: yes. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into, into all that later that with the next episode. But, yeah. Um, I mean, it was close, but yes. The yes. West, so it, it is a, a, a successful political entity that eventually would spread even beyond what was, at that time, the, the borders of Rome, the city-state, uh, to encompass the Italian peninsula. Mm-hmm. And a large swath of the Mediterranean world. Sorry.
0: Yes. And
2: ultimately, in the end, to be by the imperial period, it is the world. Yes, it is. It is. It
0: is the known Pax world. Romana is is meant to imply that it is Roman peace is spread everywhere. Well, Obviously. The, well, the word
2: Mediterranean yeah. is Mare Antonum, which means our sea. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah. Well. Yes. <laughs> it's it's their sea.
1: So <laughs> that's good background stuff, but I, I think it would be important here because I know where you want to go, but to talk about the how that worked on a practical level, how the, the Roman Republic uh, as a political entity worked. Well. Because um, <clears throat> <clears throat> we I- talked about the Senate, we talked just a tiny bit about the offices, but I think it's important to to go into that, to give that idea of, what this was really like. Are you meaning the Cursus Sonorum? Yes. I, I like I think it's important to talk about the Cursus Sonorum, some of the offices, and how someone progressed through them. Go ahead. I think you can probably no, no. well I mean yes, I mean Well it, it, the cursus honorum when yeah. a member of one of these patrician families decided to undertake a political career, that's what it was called. You you would enter into the Cursus Sonorum and it was a very
2: specific mode of. I mean, it's it's like it's hoops. Literally,
1: it's hoops. Yeah, there, there are. It's junior offices. Things like uh, I think it's called ADILE and uh-huh. and and a and praetor and questor
2: and tribune. And I'm not giving them in order. That's correct yes. because I don't have. So there's, front there's I mean.
1: junior offices. The one you're working towards though is consul. Yeah, which is ultimately head of state, co-head of state. Co-head of co-head state. state. And and that's, that's how that's right. they balanced it out. Was. You weren't supposed to be consul by yourself. There was always a pair, and they served for one year. One year, which is outrageous from our perspective today. <laughs> it's like how do you get anything done? How do you get anything done? Well, that is
2: the point. Yeah, you're not supposed to get stuff done. You're just supposed <laughs> to make sure nothing breaks. And if they need you, they'll let you do it. That's what. What's what we don't understand about the thing of the Roman Republic is? We see. Supreme executive power, to quote Monty Python, as being the point here. It was not. There is no real. There's no strong executive here. Executives, basically, they're they are in charge of the army. They're in charge
1: of the defense, and that's about it. There's no. They could propose legislation into the Senate. That became and that became part of how they got votes. Right is what are you promising? Just like any politician. That's correct. But ultimately, you've got to go to the electorate and say, well. And, and there weren't like parties or factions, kind of as we know it now. Well, there, um, there, there, there were multiple. Kind of there, there were factions, yes. They're, they kind of developed but they over time. they were familial
2: time. in many yeah. ways, and they were relational in many ways. Yeah. Basically, there's an alliance system. Uh, I suppose you could uh, like it to Survivor, that sooner or later, everybody has to get enough. You have to build yeah. enough alliances and not piss off enough people uh, to to order get your yes. thing. and the beauty of this is there's constantly a new one every year so there's plenty for everybody yeah, so you, know, you don't have to worry about cutting the throat and that, uh, this is the beauty of the system you don't have to cut the throat of the other guy you just want it now and he can have his later and that that prevents a lot of the absolute warfare that only later happens yeah. and it's only, and that's where the there's, system there's breaks down. There's a down. cookie at the end. That's yeah. right for everybody. So, so unfortunately. Yeah. Things go off the rails. We'll get to that. In a yeah, minute. we'll get
0: to that. So one of the interesting things you're talking about how this is set up. It's the federal system that we have today. Is the way it was originally, way the federal system was, was originally be, meant. Yeah. Uh, that it wasn't supposed to to be there to do a whole lot of stuff. It's be the be there to make sure things don't go wrong. To take right. care of
1: things at the big level. Provide for the common and not defense be there forever yeah. and not be there forever. Yeah, move, uh, you would move through the cursus honorum, moving up in offices. Take your turn at consul. And then you would pass out of it, giving someone else a try.
2: And this is built in, baked into the Roman culture from the very, very beginning. Yes. It's partially anti-monarchical, anti-monar- but it's also something that has been valued all throughout. All their myths and legends, the, the legend of Cincinnatus is the big one. They made him dictator during a crisis which basically is supreme executive power, but for six months. You can do whatever yes. you need to. Yes,
1: dictator was a special
2: office. When, when it necessary. It was
1: not only there, and not there all the time, but the Senate could appoint someone dictator, and the term was supposed to end at six months. Cincinnati lasted 16 days. That's
2: right. He came, he did what he needed to do. He solved the crisis farm. and went back to his farm. And that has been elevated in the Roman culture. That is one of their great founding myths, because they're trying to teach their young, you don't need to be chief executive yeah, the, you don't your, need to be in your, charge yes it's, take it's, your turn
1: it's about dedication to, the, to state. the state and then you move the state on. is the state much being the people that the is people. correct that's i know you don't people. like that word well,
2: because it doesn't it's fit a loaded word in right. our
0: in our world today right. that's it why it means let's something talk about the people. different
2: for us than they would have considered right, right. Yes. The context so, is very different
0: and then because when you think about it it was about the people that those first sets of laws now granted like many civilizations the protections that are built into laws when they get made often are about those who already have power and wealth. Right. Within a couple of hundred years, by about 300 BC, uh, every, all the power is pretty much centered in, in the Senate. You know, there may still be elections, but you still have to choose your leaders from the yeah, Senate. You have to go through uh, the Senate to get the. Senate the Senate is going to be those patrician families and wealthy plebeian families. So, uh, you know, you're gonna, you may have plebes that are going to be part of the Senate, those tribunes. But they're going to be the wealthy ones anyways who already wield influence. And that sets the stage, I think, for what uh, eventually starts both the meteoric rise and the ultimate downfall of the Republic. Because that tends to be a very centralized power structure. When you centralize the power structure like that, which in a way is very antithetical to the whole point of the Republic, (laughs) um, that's when I think the ambitions start to grow. And that's when they start looking for um, uh, places to conquer and to expand, and I think what even really precipitated this was about 90 years prior to that, when Gaul sacks the city. Right. So the Gauls come in, and they sack and burn Rome, and when they rebound, it's under a military hero, and that's kind of what starts setting that up. So I think that military influence Mm -hmm. uh, comes into play. This is not unlike what we've seen, uh, not just in our own country, but in, in other places, where uh, when you have to have a military response for something, uh, it tends to be a very popular thing when you win, uh, therefore a lot of prestige is attached to it, and it's one of those things where, wow, that's a really cool thing, maybe I'd like to do that too, so it, it doesn't quite become self-perpetuating, but it, it's that glory there yeah. is, is an awful big pull. Oh
2: and you cannot underestimate the value of the fact of having an enemy to fight all the time keeps yeah. you from worrying about trying to take control at home. because Rome, the Roman Republic was almost constantly at war. Yes, in an escalating fashion. Uh, it starts out, I mean because you think about it, the more you conquer, the the larger you get, the more that you need, the more that you're a problem for your neighbors. And Rome exported itself very well. That's something we forget a lot about is Rome, one of its great geniuses is it would conquer, it would bring its own ways, but it would also absorb the ways of the conquered people, take what it saw as good,
1: it had the vision to do yeah. that, after, and remake yeah, itself. After beating Greece, they came to have a huge appreciation for Greek history, literature, Absolutely. everything. And Uh, the
2: Etruscans even before that, because they had extremely developed... Rome was basically a bunch of bullies on the Tiber until they conquered and absorbed the Etruscans, saying, wait a minute, these guys knew how to paint and do sculpture and write stuff. We like that. Let's do that. And that's kind of what starts the ball rolling. The more, As you said so
0: very clearly, they are the Borg. They're the Borg. Yes, they
2: assimilate.
0: (laughs) And to kind of go back to where I wanted to go with this episode... Uh, again, a parallel with what you see with the United States. Now, you can certainly make an argument that when we expanded across this continent, we did not absorb, we overran and, and nearly wiped out. The Marginalized, population. yes. Yeah. yeah. But that's not where, I'm, where I want to uh, draw the well, parallel. Yeah. Our cultural uh, impact uh, across the world as we have become a superpower is more akin to what the Romans did. You'll find a McDonald's in every country. I think they even have McDonald's in Saudi Arabia. You know, probably not the same menu, but you know.
1: <laughs> right. And and to parallel, there was a Roman road. Yes. Everywhere. 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 All
0: Rome's all roads led to Rome. I mean, that's not an accident. McDonald's is the modern day Roman road. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. liking that. Yeah. But uh,
1: you know, you're right. There's there's a ton of values and virtues to the Roman Republic that I think we hope to see in ourselves. Um, determination. Um, a sense that we can make things right. We know how to do it better.
0: There's a right and wrong. There's, a right, a, and there's, wrong.
2: there's yeah. a right and wrong, and um, we're pretty sure this is right. But, but we're there, willing to be uh, educated if you can show yeah. us better. And there's and that's, there's that's a, valuable.
1: One of the things that fascinates me about the the Republic period in Rome and what made them the rulers of the Mediterranean is the conflict with Carthage. Carthage is it is critical because just across, that was that was really the apex point yes there, Carthage is a city state in North Africa uh, well it was, was, <laughs> essentially, was yes. essentially the the same sort of place as Rome. It's a city state
0: It's a natural rival
1: yeah and it, it's right across in, in North Africa right across from the Italian peninsula. They're more tr- they're more economically powerful than Rome is
2: in many ways because they are more navally based and they're they're traders. They're Phoenician descendants, basically. Yes, so yes, it is. There, there's a it, cultural right. difference. There's also an ideological difference, which inevitably puts the two together because you know it's kind of like, you know,
1: this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Yeah, it is. this it's, ocean it's ain't class, big enough for both of yeah, us. Yeah, it's a classic uh, that kind of western this ocean's not that's very well put the ocean's not big enough for both of us. But what happens, they come into conflict and Rome is essentially beaten. They're in trouble. You speak in the First Punic War. Yes. And Does the normal is- course in the ancient world is once you are beaten and lose a battle, hey, let's get into a peace treaty. Let's negotiate. Yeah. What do you want to leave us alone? Rome did not take that avenue. No. They just basically stalled until they could rebuild. Right. Uh, a senator named Cicero would walk in. To make speeches in the senate and no matter what the speech was about at the end of that speech he said cartago delenda est carthage must be destroyed so it's that roman determination that we're not going to say no we're not going to give in eventually leads to their success they overcome carthage and they are the masters then of the mediterranean world and it, it's that's that's to me is that pivotal episode that leads to that meteoric rise and why we remember Rome and why we pull so much of the modern world from Rome and not places like Carthage or yeah. Phoenicia or, or any Athens. place else or, or Athens. Athens. <laughs> Athens. yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> they only... all look to Athens
0: as the primogenitor of democracy, but for our system it really is Rome. it, is. it is. It's yes, right. So one of the interesting you talk about you know the the struggle with Carthage, uh, it's really about a hundred years that this goes on. Oh yeah, uh, yes. So it's really a small portion. Yeah, three of Three
2: actual definitive
0: wars, right.
2: uh, and
0: during this long, it is during this hot and cold conflict. Three hundred years between actually, really more like one hundred and fifty years from when they start getting really militaristic uh, to the end of uh, the war with with Carthage. Because uh, by that time the Mediterranean is theirs, and yes. I think that's when they start looking to the rest of Europe. Because uh, remember, the Alps is still a barrier. Yes, uh, eventually they overcome that. They as well. overcome that as well. I mean, of course, you know they've already uh, they're in Spain and through there they, they yeah. Get involved, well, yeah. But well, yeah,
2: because Carthage owned Spain, and when right. you destroy Carthage, you just basically come in and say, "Hey, we're the new landlords here. Yeah. Nice so, to meet you."
0: You know, during all this time, they have conquered Macedonia, uh, which is Philip's uh, uh, yeah. realm. He's the heir, one of the heirs to Alexander
2: the Great, which is its own irony because Alexander, had he turned west instead of east, everything would have been very different. Yes, he was the he was the one that was irreplaceable. Everybody else was much less than he. They divide them themselves up and make them ripe for so Rome to oh, come okay. in and say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, yeah. you know, we've got this. Yeah.
0: You know. So they go through all this, and it. I think it creates an appetite for more in yes. the society. Yes. Uh, because with every conquering brings more wealth to the city. Yes. Because you sack the wealth of wherever you conquer. Yes. By the time they're done with Carthage, it's around uh, 145 BC, give or take a little bit. They've pretty much uh, gotten set all of the Mediterranean under control because they didn't just beat Carthage; yeah. they, they destroyed it. it. They eliminated at the, at the Carthage. end. They
2: they just they sold the ground with salt. Literally, that's where yes. the idea comes from. That's Sowing what they did. Sold the ground did. with salt and sold all the inhabitants into slavery. Yeah, because right. this was the third time, and it's you
0: know <laughs> third times the charm. You know, fool me once, fool me twice. <laughs> no, not right. again. You can you can say. I'm a descendant of the Romans or I'm a descendant of the Greeks. Nobody can really say I'm a descendant of the Carthaginians. <laughs> well, there's no again, more Carthage. Why would you want to? Well, <laughs> yes. Because they they lost. They lost. Uh, but in that hundred years, that last hundred years, is what sets the stage for the downfall of yes. the Republic. Oh, you're, oh you're yes. So right. Once That's they have that money. absolute control... Uh, Of their immediate surroundings. That's when they start going up into uh, France, which is known as Gaul at the time. Uh, Eventually, they get into the Germanies after they become an empire. And, oh, yes, uh, refill uh, oh. Francis's glass there with Thank a little you. bit of the Elijah, Elijah Craig. Elijah Craig's what we're doing. That is our okay. bourbon of choice for this yes. episode. Listeners, will we, will we I change, hope you've
2: heard the. Yeah, we'll pour a little bit more for just everybody. A, just, a, just a little dash just there, that, you know, make good. sure. That's good. I, yeah. I'm good. I you have you still, still have, you, I have Because plenty. you're talking so much, you haven't drank as fast as yeah. the rest
0: of us. That's for sure. Um, so, yes, Elijah Craig is our bourbon of choice you know, for this episode. Yeah, a little clink and, of And uh,
1: Should we also mention our special recording location? Oh, yes, of course. We're on location this time. Yeah. On location. We are in uh, the Arch Abbey of St. uh uh-huh. in southern Indiana. Indiana. Southern Indiana. Beautiful, beautiful place. My gosh. And I'm so thrilled to be recording here. And they're they're thrilled to have us. Well, that's right. Yeah,
2: exactly. Martin's never been here. Now, uh, Robert and I have many times. Many times. Uh, and it is a beautiful location. Uh, the Holy Hill, as they call it up here. So, uh,
0: Even if you just want to come up just to enjoy the peace and quiet and the surroundings... Doesn't matter. You don't have to be Catholic to do it. It
1: is just that wonderful little place. It's, yeah, and we're grateful for their place. hospitality. Yes, yes very, very, so. very grateful. And 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 it's. It, I was amazed to hear that they were just excited. Like, to like have excited, us. like you're going to do what? Record a podcast? And, and oh, well yeah, awesome. that's right. So that, that's yes. They provide
0: us a nice conference room. That's where we are uh, recording from. We're going to head over to uh, uh, the church for uh, evening prayer in a little while. Yeah. Take a tour of the campus. Just have all kinds of fun here tonight. That's right. So back to this this last bit here is we're, we're coming up in the last ten minutes or so of the the episode. So let's uh, I think kind of pull it around.
1: Yeah, because I I got some place I want to go with where you're
0: going. Because so I've outlined and, and, as well as, as you guys have. Uh, we've outlined some, some parallels to our own political structure, our own political history, because I think you can see with us uh, some parallels, even you know, with the expansion of our own culture into the world, how it has become very dominant. I mean, even in Japan, which is one of the most homogenous countries and societies in the entire world, loves American culture. They've been thoroughly Americanized. Maybe not thoroughly, well, but pretty you know, darn close.
2: Well, I mean, not, not, exclu- not, 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 not to the exclusion of all else. Yeah, not like Canada. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But they have embraced it, and they, they love em- it. And they and there's a goodness of that, and that's exactly what Rome was famous for doing. Yes. Now, the reason that, that people didn't generally revolt is because they realized, you know, this trading partners, we're getting nice stuff. We're, our standard of living goes way up, and we have the protections of Roman citizenship. Yes. Which is a big deal. Because our neighbors won't give us anything like this. You know, They'll just yeah, cut our throats. And
1: you could travel from North Africa, the Middle East, to Britain on Roman roads. That's right. Safely. And tra- safely. Relatively. Travel. Relatively.
2: Relatively, yeah. yeah. That's
1: right.
0: So that very much is very similar to how the United States became a world power and has spread our culture. Now, we have not always done it through conquering. Uh, because we, in the sense that we went out to conquer. We have... <laughs> You know, obviously, spread it through a lot. Cultural
1: through. conquering, not military conquering. Well, I mean, right. there is
0: some with the military conquering. I mean, you yeah. know, World War II, we spread a lot of our influence across uh, Europe and yeah, Asia, I, Japan being that. the obvious example. Yeah, yes. we, I mean,
1: we bombed Japan and Germany flat and remade them in our own image. Right, <laughs> right. and they liked it.
2: <laughs> well, that, that's what's the generally speaking. To, to, yeah. to, to yeah. a degree, it wouldn't, yeah. have, it wouldn't have stayed to the extent that it has if it wasn't in some way beneficial to them.
0: Right. So. But in that, we have also developed uh, almost a—especially the last 20 years or so, it seems. Uh, Really, you can go even farther than that. Uh, But uh, since—really, you could probably go to World War II. I mean, it's not every year since World War II have we been involved in a military action. But damn, if it's not most of them, you know? Every decade seems to have. And every decade has definitely had some—now, granted, during the 80s, you know, it was Grenada. So it wasn't—that was relatively uh, active conflict-free. It's uh, because it's really hard to count Grenada. <laughs> I mean, that was like five minutes, and yeah. you know, the last guy out off the, the boat was like, "What? We're done already?" You know, that's how tiny and fast that one was. Uh, but relatively speaking, though, uh, we have become, and, and I don't say this uh, necessarily totally negatively, but it just it, it'll, the parallels are somewhat alarming in some ways. Yeah. Where uh, the military power and the exercise thereof has become very prominent and preeminent. Yeah.
1: And there's a parallel development as well that I I think is important to understand in that the Romans in the late Republic period became very competitive with each other. Yes, that's right. There was a rise of a political class. Yes, and it became ever more cutthroat to get into this cursus honorum and get to the top of it as a consul. And just like in modern politics that takes money money. there it is and it became very important to have the money you needed to run a race for all of these offices essentially
2: you you had to buy it
1: yeah you had to pay up to run for all of them so by the time you would get deep into this track you owed people a lot of money lots of favors lots of favors lots of loans and lots of money so the cookie at the end of being consul was the Senate then appointed you to go to a province to govern it. Right. And proconsul. What happened was you hoovered up everything in sight so that you could pay these loans off. So right. Assuming you wanted to come back at all. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, conquered provinces did not do as well as those that were actually incorporated
1: into the yes. the republic. Yes. So And later the Empire of course the key thing then is a competitor could then wait until you returned to Rome from this province because you were untouchable when you were in the province it was called having Imperium but once you were scheduled to leave the province and come back to Rome you had to lay down Imperium and a rival could accuse you of nearly anything and, and if they had the support, there's not it's not right. a question of burden of proof or anything like right. that. There is there's no it's evidence. Support. It's nope. just can you out talk them in the Senate because there's no separate judiciary. That's right. critical. We haven't it's talked critical. about that. Yeah. The Senate was both judiciary and legislative branch. In
2: well, fact, it's and administrative. And, and administrative too. Yeah. It's correct. everything. It's everything. So
1: that that became the danger. Yes. There's this huge cookie at the end, all this glory, all of this service to Rome, to the Roman people, to the Roman Senate. But the danger is all, all arrival has to do is accuse you of something and get you before the Senate and take you down, take you down. If you if they have the votes in the Senate to convict, you could lose everything. And this is
0: why I think the military aspect is so important here. Uh, both modern days, you know, modern day, it's a little bit more difficult to do this sort of thing, but I mean, you know, the military is still very important in both cases, but for them, when you have a case of somebody like Julius Caesar and those just before him uh, with Pompey and Sulla and all of the stuff that goes on there, Crassus, Crassus. this is all still during the Republic and Pompey and Caesar, Julius Caesar are incredibly popular both as uh, uh, you know political figures but also as generals because you know Caesar conquers Gaul for uh, Rome yep. and his men they do very well yes. they do very well the, with the legions spoils. are
1: very loyal to the individual commanders by this point which they're supposed to be loyal to the senate and right. to the right. people of Rome
2: SP, SPQR senatus populus Quae Romanum, it's Senate people of Rome. Yeah, and that I'm glad kinda, you
1: mentioned it. Cause, yeah,
2: yeah, because it's kind of that's the intention. You're supposed to be loyal there, and that changes because yes. it requires so much money. And of course, as you conquer, you get more power and uh, both popular and military and, and financially.
1: That these guys would what they wanted to do when they got to be consuls is introduce legislation to give land to these veterans. Yes. So they're 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 cultivating that loyalty as well,
0: right? Because if you become landed, you immediately become eligible for the senate, because you become part of a, a class that is you know wealthy well, it, or
1: you know land is then as it is now. It's an important asset, right? It
0: was more important then than it is now, um, because that's where that's what wealth was tied up mm-hmm. in. So you have set the stage by the end of the Republic by the time you get to this to where uh, political power is fiercely fought over uh, on the civil side. But then you've got this dangerous uh, political power that resides in these generals with these legions that are very loyal to them.
2: And they've always been taught up to this point that the legions are separate. You leave them behind. Yes. Because the, the state, I know you don't like the word, but the, that, the, you the may entity... Not cross, you have to lay down uh, well, your Rome, is, Rome is still... Uh, they said it great in the movie Spartacus. Uh, most Romans think of this Rome is like a rich widow. Most Romans think of her like our mother. However, Crassus wants to marry the old gal, to put it politely. That's where it starts. And is Crassus
1: the, is the loan. He's the
2: banker. He's right? the, exactly, and it's from him. Uh, in many respects, he's one of the the, the true, sometimes forgotten lynchpins. Because if it weren't for him, Pompey and Caesar would have never reached the heights that they reach. And and they have to have
0: gotten their start somewhere. That's
1: exactly yes. right. The three so, of them formed the first. was called the First Triumvirate. Uh, I think Pompey and Caesar served as the consuls. That's right. Yes, but they basically ran everything they wanted to do through Crassus, was the because man. he funded both of their campaigns. That's right. <laughs> right. So that's going a little bit far, a little bit
0: beyond yes. where we want to be. Go ahead. So, to me, Rome is fascinating for all the parallels and similarities, but also for the lessons we should draw yes. from where it went. Yes. You're so yeah, right. because
2: ultimately it fell
0: and it transformed and morphed
2: into something very different
0: now i don't know that that can ha- i don't think we could devolve into the something like the roman empire but things could still go wrong and who knows what that would look like Sorry. because you still have some of the same situations you've got uh the political class is so terribly divided uh, today like it was back then right. it's probably even worse today than it than it was then because truly it is evil versus good no matter which side you're on, the other, right. side other side that's is evil. That's exactly right. You it's don't not make a, just a disagreement. We, we talked about
2: this with Wilhelm. You don't make a deal with the devil. Right. You right. Must destroy them, and you and can't that's admit where we've that's them. where we are. And sooner right. or later, things are going to escalate like they did with Rome, to the point where somebody's going to do something that destroys the other side,
0: and that's problematic. That's, yeah. Well, that's you know that's uncharted territory for this right. country that's because right. well, we that's the whole that. point it's, of the republic so it's is a great to have a a a lawful and a smooth transition of power that was because if you think about it almost every war in uh modern history going back to rome uh is going to be about either the acquisition of land or the transfer of power which in a way the acquisition of land is the same thing transfer of power from the old owners to the new owners or from one son of a king to another son of a king.
2: Yeah, or, yeah, which is basically what Caesar did. He decided, I'm not giving up my power. I'm crossing yes. the Rubicon. And that's it's become that's part of our language. That's why we have that phrase. That's where it came from. Yes. And that's exactly what happened is, at this point... It's a
1: declaration the, of war that's right. on Rome. The transfer of power,
2: Caesar decided, I'm not going to do that. Yes. And for, the right, for, his, for his own reasons, because he knew it would be his death or destruction. Because
0: things had escalated that, but high, if, that far, if if he still held to the ideals, the values That's right. that Rome was founded on, he would, he would have, have fallen on his sword. That's right; he would have had to. So they lost their values, which again is another thing that is a great oh, lesson. Yeah. We have
1: lost our values. Yeah, we no longer He's, have common so values. Right. You're so right. It, the, these things are such lessons. They're not ancient history. It's not some dry, history, dusty thing. It, it, it's a lesson for the modern world. Yeah. History may
0: not repeat, but it sure as hell rhymes. Yeah. yeah. Because Caesar basically gave up the, the very
2: thing that made Rome great to begin with. Uh, the now, it's not to say had. that
0: it wasn't great in other ways, but it was also evil in other ways. Oh, well, sure. Eventually. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we are at 40 minutes. Anything we want to wrap up? Because, I mean, I hate to
1: wrap up on a downer. <laughs> no, but, I, well, I think it'd be important but... to to talk about some of the great books. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, I'll I'll just mention. Uh, you know I've mentioned Tom Holland before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your, Love it's, his it's, stuff. Guy, yeah. His new one's coming out Dominion, um, but his original is Rubicon, and it, again it about Caesar this. crossing the Rubicon because he would not lay down his imperium um, because he knew he'd fallen out with Pompey, and uh-huh. he was going to be accused in the Senate uh, of what? wrongdoing and have to. Uh, Probably lose in the Senate. Right. And uh, I'll just mention also Adrian Goldsworthy, our other favorite. Absolutely. One of my favorites. Very Caesar, much so. Life of a Colossus. One of his early books, but really the one that makes his reputation. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we've also mentioned in the past Goldsworthy's Punic Wars. Punic Wars is the one that's on my shelf.
2: Yeah. It's, it is, it's a tremendous... Goldsworthy is very scholarly in his approach, but he's also very detailed on that. Yeah. And he, he has insights into things. It's not just dry facts uh, he pulls them all together in a very compelling way. He's, yeah. could, prob- those two guys are probably the leading scholars in this period, I would say. It
1: goes where they almost certainly is. He's, yeah. he's basically right now the, the number one Roman scholar, and that's pretty much what he writes about. Uh, he's written Pax Romana. He's written one on Anthony and Cleopatra. Patrick. Yeah. Um, he's one that's so worth, his, no matter what he thing. writes, he's worth picking up. Yeah. Uh, Holland's a little more varied. He's gone into some other stuff, but He's, he connects those dots very well. Now, you've got some, though, that you like a great deal.
2: Uh, well, yeah, uh, we're getting a little... Uh, probably the best book, if you can find it, on this entire period is by Chris Scar. It's called Chronicle of the Roman Emperors. Goldsworthy was an, uh, an advisor on that. And it is a year-by-year, uh, console-by-console, blow-by-blow, full of pictures of the whole thing. You no, really it's want... just emperors. Or does that include the no, that's up? No, the, the chronicle, uh, which you, I, I, chronicle of which Chronicle Roman Republic. Oh, there that's we right. Excuse me, Philip Mat- Matizak. Uh, Chris Garden one on the Roman emperors, which is like volume two of that. Right. That's uh, next month. That's next month. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it's it's really does it makes this accessible. But I still think one of the very best of all time is the great scholar Edith Hamilton from the '30s. She wrote the book The Roman Way, and a lot of what we've stolen here about the r- r- Roman virtues and Roman understandings the, that determination that determination that, that, that uh, we that will not be defeated. We will not be defeated. The state comes first. You're willing to you're willing to give up for the state. All those things. She was one of the first to articulate that long, long ago, and it, and her books are still some of the very best. They're be, they're used in uh, classrooms even today. She's one of the best. If you can find them, they're worth reading.
0: All good stuff. All That's very great. good stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's lots of lessons for us to take from Rome. You know, I don't think that we've gone so far we can't come back. But I do worry that, you know, not heeding these lessons that we that we haven't so far means that it's going to take something really disastrous to avoid the worst of what happened to Rome. Because there's just so much that is similar. We haven't even talked about the... Uh, economic divide between those in the lower class and those that held some kind of power. Yep. Uh, that started during this latter period. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, got worse during the the empire. Yeah, that's
1: definitely a topic
0: for the empire. It's going to come. <clears throat> you know, all right of these there. seeds are there for its ultimate destruction. You know, Rome is a is a political entity. Uh, although you can make the argument, Rome as a political entity went on an entity went on until the 1400s because the empire was still alive in the east. Yeah, uh, but you know, for the Rome that we think about. Uh, it, it only had a few more centuries after it became an empire
2: well I think there's some truth to the fact that the codes and values of Rome as a republic were in the West East, yeah. the East had their own codes their own values they may have been a political successor to them but they thought very differently
1: yeah that's probably it uh, became a basically a Greek empire. that is
2: correct and that's why Which I is think, odd because yeah.
0: they consider themselves the true Romans. Which, is, which I find
1: fascinating.
0: Yeah. Uh, even yeah. though they spoke uh, uh, you know, Latin and were based it in. They eventually
1: would abandon Latin for Greek, though.
0: And, well, that was uh, partially a, a religious thing, too, but yes, yeah. uh, they went back to the Greek. But yes, they consider themselves to be the true Romans, which I always find fascinating. Yeah. So that's it on, on the Republic for now. I mean, we could go on and on. On and on and on. on, on, and on, and on because, on. you know, as republics go, It's the big one. That's right, yeah. And and we'll continue this in our next episode, where we
2: talk, next historical episode. Next next historical episode. Which is next month. We're going to talk a little bit, we're going to transition out of the Republican into the imperial period.
0: Right, and that will be on, uh, let's see, that will be December 6th. Uh, Rome as empires go this is the big one that'll be the title of that. keep telling that joke that's good that's right next week is episode 24 it's our first
1: code of honor episode favorite words of wisdom and that'll be Um, on uh, November 8th next week thanks for being with us here every week at Snakes and Otters a pointless discussion of eternal questions be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts follow us and retweet us we are on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters
0: Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us. And please, remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us
2: an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.